Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. This is Michelle Bowler, and welcome to another episode of the Waiting Warriors podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. We have Amy Upt-Graft here with us, and I have been trying for months and months, ever since I found out what Amy is doing with um, military spouses, to get her on the show, because it is amazing. So welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. It's so kind of you to say. I'm so excited to be here. Good. So, we'll we'll I'll give you a little I'll give you listeners a background about what Amy is doing. She has written a play um all about military spouses. And is it from the point of view? Is that like So, yeah. So, um so I'm a military spouse. My husband has been in the army um, over 20 years now. So we have been married that entire time. Um, so two decades as a military spouse. And we have moved, God, I think 12 times in that 20 years. Um, we have four kids. We have two 15-year-old twin boys and two girls, 12 and 8. So the play was kind of born just out of my experiences as a military spouse. Um, Obviously, it's a very rewarding life. I've loved so much of what has, you know, been a part of of the process, but it it can also be hard. And so the play stems from that. Um, I interviewed over 30 military spouses across generations. So I started in World War II. Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, and the current war. And then um, my co-playwright and I, we kind of wove all those stories together. There's real testimonials from spouses throughout the show. And then there's five scenes that um, take place at either departures or homecomings um, of loved ones. That's I get the chills every time. <laughs> every time I see anything on Facebook about it. Or I've heard you talk about it. There was um, there was an interview you got, or was it just kind of the Veterans Project did an interview on Facebook? But anyway, it's a video of Amy talking about the pro- the play, and it just gives you chills, and I want to go see it so bad. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. So we have um, we have a video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the play is produced by a nonprofit that I founded, and I have a team of people. Um, the nonprofit is called the Veteran Spouse Project. Mm-hmm. And so under the umbrella of the Veteran Spouse Project, we produce the play, which is called I Will Wait. And then we also couple that with um, an expressive arts workshop for spouses titled Made for You. We have an expressive arts director on our team that um, spouses were seeing the play and were just being so moved by it that we wanted to create a space for them to be able to share their stories. So um, my partner, Wendy Caldwell, has developed 
just some beautiful curriculum. Um, and it's a storytelling workshop for spouses to kind of share their own stories through different art modalities. Um, and it's really, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. So those two pieces make the Veteran Spouse Project. Got it. So let's go back a little bit. You've had 20 years of experience as a military spouse. You're having four kids, one of them being twins, like, holy yeah. cow, mommy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and your husband, how many times did he leave for a TDY or? Um... Um, so I, countless TDYs. He's TDY right now. So um, he's, he's been gone a lot. Um, he's done five deployments. He just got back from his fifth deployment um, in May. Mm -hmm. of just this last year. So yeah, the play kind of stemmed out of his fourth deployment. Um, I had had our fourth baby during his third deployment and then he was home for a year and then left again for a year. And, um, and I just had a really, really hard time. And I felt like, why, why is this still so hard? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes you can look to your left and your right and you, you feel like, you know, you don't want to, but you're comparing yourself and like, why does it seem so easy for them? Why is this so hard for me? Why, um, why is this still such a struggle? And so I, I kind of reached out and started to see a therapist and, in the process of that, she encouraged me to write in a journal. And I thought, you know, I have a theater degree from Purdue University. And um, I spent a couple years living in New York City doing the whole starving actor thing. So <laughs> I just decided um, that I was going to write a play because that's kind of, you know, my love language and how I think. And so that, that's really where the play came from. And part of the development of the workshop was me feeling like, I wanted to help create a space where spouses could use art to tell their stories and, and in some ways heal. Like I often say yeah. that writing the play for me, it was my expressive art. It helped heal me of a lot of the resentment um, and anger and sadness I felt during those years, um, just overwhelmed with raising tiny kids and moving all the time and starting over. And um, it just, it helped me, you know, be able to put my feelings pen to paper. And so that, that's kind of where the workshop piece of the Veteran Spouse Project was born. Yeah. So that's the other thing, though, with, with what you mentioned that I love about um, I Will Wait is that it's not, what's the right word, fluffy? <laughs> it's definitely not fluffy. <laughs> or, just I think, because I think when you see all the videos on YouTube and those darn commercials that make us cry every time of yeah. the homecomings or even just the the going away, it's focused on those like five minutes mm -hmm. of the overwhelming joy. Mm -hmm. And that's good. And those are so, they're like the most tender, beautiful moments that I think get us through everything else, but there are so many other emotions that we feel repeatedly and not just when they're gone, but when they're here, but you know, they're quote unquote here, you know, the, the I'm coming home today at five, but then I have to spend three hours working on even just like my ruck pack or whatever it is. Like I, I like that you talk about the, 
the resentment and the anger and how you're the way you're talking about it makes me especially feel like it's okay that we feel that way. It, it is okay. And I think the play is very raw. It's very mm-hmm. honest. Um, we wrote it with the idea that it would be produced in small, intimate spaces um, to kind of force people to really see what a military family walks through. And I think I feel like it's important for the American public um, in particular, you know, we all know that less than 1% of the population serves. And I think all of us that are families um, in the military, um, we're incredibly proud of, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of my husband's service. I'm proud to be a military family. But I think it's important that the other 99 plus percent understand the price of war. I think now in particular, 18 years later, right, we're all kind of numb to it. And I think it's important to show them, you know, the people you elect into office, the people that continue to send um, our military into harm's way, the ripple effect of that is huge. Obviously, we know it impacts the soldier, but it impacts the the moms, the dads, the wives, the husbands, the children. And, And you should... You should know that. And if that means you sit in a theater for two hours and see that in front of you, then I feel like that helps. That helps us bridge that gap um, between military and civilian communities. And and I tried very hard to not sugarcoat anything. And I think as a military culture, you know, we, right, like suck it up, buttercup. Like we just are told to, right, like drive on. You just drive on. And there are or two, you right, know. right, and there's an element of that, but obviously, uh, you know, I appreciate and I value, but I think it's also important for all of us to know that it's hard for everybody, and it's okay sometimes to say it's hard. And right now, I can't stand the army, or right now, you know, I'm frustrated by this, and and it's okay to say that. It's okay to show. You know, you mentioned the homecoming clips. And I mean, everybody loves those, right? Everybody loves, I mean, everybody. If you don't cry, like. Yeah, you boo-hoo all over yourself. But (laughs) I feel like the play does a good job of showing you all the days and months leading up to that and all the days and months after that. And, um, And, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes in to keeping families together, to keeping marriages intact. And, you know, we talk at the Veteran Spouse Project about um, studies have shown that a spouse's emotional health is the cornerstone of a family. And, you know, we believe that. We believe that um, if a spouse is emotionally and mentally healthy, she is the glue that oftentimes holds that family together. She helps her spouse as they come home or or his spouse, you know, as she comes home, re-engage with the family, reconnect to things, um, you know. So it's important that the spouse is taking care of their own mental health. Um, And that's what we try to do, you know, through the storytelling workshops and just sharing stories in general. Right. And I feel like lately I've seen more material put out by the military or government. I don't know if it's them or like third party contractors or whatever that try to address that. But for me, I found that like pamphlets only 
do so much. Yeah. And it's, it's good that it's at least bringing it to our attention because I do think as a community, <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice a little bit. Um, but as a community, there is this sense of, I mean, we even like have the phrase like army wife strong. And right. I know when I first joined army wife strong meant something very different than what it means now, because now I'm realizing after only six years, but six years of realizing that being strong doesn't mean you aren't feeling the hard feelings and you aren't having the bad days. It's that you are finding the appropriate outlets and ways to handle those feelings Mm -hmm. instead of, and you know, my way of handling it was shoving it down and trying to be more patriotic and just taking it. But like, and I, and I think that's common. Um, yeah. You know, I think you're definitely not alone in that. And I I often tell younger military spouses, um, you know, something I wish I had known earlier in this walk is I wish I had kind of just been more true to my authentic self. Um, and I wish I had kind of held on to that earlier in my life, um, that yes, we can be supportive of our spouses and supportive of our military and I am, but it doesn't have to take over my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place for me to be who I am in the midst of all of that. Um, and I think that's something military spouses often struggle with, is finding their own identity in the midst of all the moves and trying to sustain any type of career if, if that's you know something you want and, and keeping all the kids afloat and making sure everyone's emotionally and physically healthy and the doctors and the schools and oh by the way now right you're juggling all the things for <laughs> your spouse's job and his unit and you know mm-hmm. all the volunteering that you quote unquote don't have to do but we all kind of know you do. And, <laughs> Um, right. So it's, it's just all those things. Like, um, it's very easy to lose who you are in the midst of this culture. And so mm-hmm. I want to think that the veteran spouse project in some tiny way gives voice to that and, yeah. and, you know, helps spouses gain strength in knowing like you can be who you are, um, you know, and still be a proud military spouse. Yeah. So do you feel like there is a key or anything to making sure that you don't lose yourself and um kind of lose that authentic part of yourself like because because at one point like there is something to be said about coming into the military and really letting it wrap its arm around you mm-hmm. but then like I agree with you you need to still stay true to who you are and not feel like you have to be like every other military spouse or, but also just keep the things that actually fill your bucket instead of what everybody else says should. So how, how have you been able to kind of make sure you are staying true to yourself? Um, so that's a great question. And, and I think I, over the years have learned that, you know, I'm a big proponent of military spouses. Like you do have to put yourself out there. You, mm-hmm. you should go to the events. You should do the things because it can be a very lonely life yeah. if you don't find places within the community to connect. So I do think we absolutely need to make connections and, you know, find our tribe and find our people. Um, but that being said, I think for me, like this is kind of a silly example, but 
you know, I'll go to the events and I'll go to the things, but you know what? Now I'm going to go and I'm going to wear my Doc Martin boots because that's what I like to wear. And those are, that's who I am. And that's who I've been for, you know, over 30 years and yeah. I'm going to wear them. And you know what? I'm sure if someone looked at me and thought, uh, well, that's not a typical Lieutenant Colonel's wife. <laughs> um, you know, okay, that's fine. Um, but, but this is me. And so I'm still, you know, you still show up, you show up, you do your part. Um, if, if, if that's something you want to be a part of, but do it true to who you are, you know, and if it's not something you're interested in doing, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, maybe next time, maybe the next thing. Um, but you know, that's not really my GM and, and that that's okay too. So I think it's, it's really just, I usually say too, for, I feel like a lot of younger spouses talk to me a lot about working and having careers mm -hmm. because, you know, that's obviously hard, a hard thing to maintain when you're moving. You know, we've moved 14 times in the last 20 years. How the heck do you maintain a career? Um, and it's hard. You know, we often say, I don't know that you can have a career per se. You can have a lot of jobs and I've, I've tried to manage, you know, I've tried to work in almost every place we've lived in some capacity. Mm -hmm. um, tried to maintain something in that respect that was outside the military and outside that was just for me. That was just something I love to do or was interested in. Um, sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I just couldn't do anything else, but, you know, help keep the family afloat and be that constant. And, but I think, you know, a, a positive to it that oftentimes young spouses don't think about or, or, um, want to hear necessarily is it also gives you the chance to kind of start over and yeah. that can be a blessing too. You know, you're, you work a job for a few years and you think, oh, that was a good two years. Sure. Couldn't do that for 20, but <laughs> you know, it was a great two years. I met great people. I learned a lot. And then you could move on to the next place and do something totally different. And, you know, and, and there's a, there's a absolute, um, blessing in that as well. So in some ways, I think, you know, it makes, it makes for a very colorful and interesting life, um, for sure. And as hard as it is sometimes, and as tired, I think, you know, my girlfriends and I often talk about just tired. Um, and I think, I don't mean that necessarily as like, I need to go take a nap. <laughs> I mean it, although I would gladly take a nap right now. Um, I think it's more like, the weariness of new schools and new places and right plugging the kids into the new programs and yeah. taking the cookies to the new, new neighbor. Right. And where do I find the hairdresser and where do I find the, the church and where do we, and I think, you know, the first seven, eight, nine times that was still like, okay. And now, you know, after a while you can kind of get to the point where you're like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm weary um, of having to continue to do that. And so I feel like if you have those things that kind of still fill your cup, um, our expressive arts therapist runs a workshop series and, and back in November, the theme of it was what fills your cup. Mm -hmm. And I loved that, you know, if you can find those things that fill your cup, um, it kind of helps keep you afloat during those hard times um, and the weary times. Yeah. Okay. So back to, I will wait for a minute. Where yeah. is that 
um, being produced and being shown. I know you started in Alaska, right? That's when it, is that when it started? Or yeah, so we, we did like a workshop premiere um, in Indiana, actually, back in 2015, kind of just a way to get it up and um, see if it had legs, see if it was any good. You know, the hard thing about writing a play is you really don't know what you have until you put it in the hands of actors and you put it in front of an audience. Um, yeah. It's very different than like a book or, you know, even a song that way. So we really wanted to, you know, put it up in front of people. And so we did that um, back in 2015 in Indiana. And we knew almost immediately that we had something really special. Um, but then, right, military life happens. My husband and I PCS to Alaska. And um, I kind of thought, well, now what? Like, how is this ever going to happen or work? Yeah. And um, Gala ended up just coming together beautifully. And I met Wendy, the expressive arts therapist up there, and um, Leah Johnson, Angela Caruso, Christy Rigdon are the rest of our team. And, and we all met in our neighborhood in Alaska. And it was this beautiful coming together of um, incredibly smart, educated, gifted, talented military spouses who, you know, kind of all use their gifts um, that they hadn't been able to use and utilize in a long time, um, come together to produce I Will Wait and Made For You up there in Anchorage. And it, it was so well received. Um, we were just really, really proud of it. And so now we are set to produce it in Georgia. Um, later this spring, we're looking to do a reading of it in Washington, D.C. this fall. And we're hoping for um, productions in Colorado, San Diego, and Tampa through the year 2021. That is so awesome. Where in Georgia? Um, so we are producing in May um, outside of Fort Benning, which is in Columbus, Georgia, about an hour south of Atlanta. I'm going. <laughs> we would love to have you. Benning's like five hours from where we are. We just got to Fort Campbell a few months ago. Oh my gosh, oh. yes, we have been at Fort Campbell. That's actually where I went to the therapist and wrote the play. Okay, <laughs> I need to find that therapist. I know. She's a, <laughs> she's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, Fort Campbell is totally, you absolutely need to come. Campbell yeah. is like less than, yeah, it's like five hours from us. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you are within, I'd say even like eight hours. I, I love it. Yes, yeah. eight hours. Come and see us. Within eight hours, we're going to meet up outside of Fort Benning for this in May. I'm bringing, like, I'm going to have a tiny little baby so you can, if that's oh, like even more of a. That's so incentive. I will snuggle that baby <laughs> up. Okay, so where, you just listed all of these places, but is there like a website that people can there go to? There is. So our website is www.iwillwaitvsp.com. Dot com. Okay. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is I Will Wait VSP. Um, you can find us there. And we are really excited. Yes, we are. Um, tickets will go on sale here in the next few weeks. And the show will run here in Columbus on May um, 10 and 11. Perfect. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. And I will link all of those places in the show notes for all the listeners to hear. So you'll be able to find it easy. I'm really excited that it's in Georgia. Oh, I'm so Guys, I'm really excited going. that you're so like, close, Michelle. I'm, I'm not just saying this, listeners. Like, we we will do 
a hangout dinner and then go see this play and cry and I love it. We can, we'll we'll get you spots in the workshop. We'll we'll do all the things. Let us know you're coming. We would love sweet. to have you there. Sweet. So, last and final question: What is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? My key to thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, it is absolutely that you have to find your tribe. Um it makes all the difference. Maybe that's one person for you, maybe that's 10, Um, but you have to put yourself out there and find your people. And and it's not easy to do. Sometimes you have a million little kids, right? Clinging to your ankles and you don't know where to start and you don't wanna drag them out to the mom's group or you don't wanna find a gym or you don't, um, you know, you don't feel like going to the coffee group. You know, I, I mean, I have been there, but you have to go. Um, and even if you go and don't have a great experience, you have to go again because every place we've lived, I have found in some places it's just been one person in other places it's been a tribe of people. Um, but people that have just enriched my life in ways that would never have happened if I had stayed in my small hometown in Indiana. Um, you know, Jamie and I often laugh that we could visit any of the 50 states and several countries all over the world and have somewhere to rest our head. Yeah. Uh, and what a gift that is. Um, but you have to work at that and you have to you have to find your tribe. You have to invest. We have to invest in each other um, and we have to hold each other up and be the emergency contact on our kids school <laughs> forum. And we don't know anyone else. And, um, you know, be all those things. Um, and you'll just you'll never meet better people in all of your life. Yeah. Well said. And I agree even if it is just one person in each place, your, yeah. your your tribe builds as you move from place to place. It does. It absolutely does. And it's funny now, 20 years in, how many, you know, like I've now, I've now live around the corner from a, from a woman who, you know, I met 18 years ago in Fort Hood, Texas, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, amazing how that works. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to say this earlier but I think it's awesome that you're a lieutenant colonel's wife who wears boots to events (laughs) (laughs) well I'm sure there's sometimes my husband's like really Amy would it kill you to put on but I um yeah I mean it would kill you it would yeah I mean I I I dress appropriately when it's absolutely necessary I, I don't wear them to the ball or anything but um you know I'm just this is who I am I'm I'm done pretending to be somebody else. Um, and I am so proud to be Jamie Updegraft's wife, but I'm also really proud to just be Amy Updegraft. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to wear my boots. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so happy. I'm like just picturing you strutting around, which I really like because I'm like, I'm a quirky person. And yeah. my There's husband... A lot of us- there, Michelle. Yeah. Listen, a lot more than people want to think. Um, and then the military's full of them. So, you know, we all just need to maybe let our freak flag fly a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> often and know that we're all, we're all in this together. 
Yep. And then we can find each other. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there exactly you go. Exactly right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I love hearing about this play. Guys, go read about it. Check out that video on YouTube. And then if you are within eight hours of Georgia, I seriously want to hear that you guys are coming to come see yes. the Yes. Tell me you're coming from the podcast. We, we would, I would love to just hug it out with y'all and thank yeah. you for supporting it. We are, we are really excited. Um, VSP really has some great momentum right now, and and we we really are excited about what what lies ahead for us. So we would love your support. Thank you so much. So awesome. Well, thank you, Amy, again, and to all the waiting warriors out there. You guys have an amazing week. Hey everyone, I have a favor to ask. If you have enjoyed this podcast, can you leave a review and subscribe? I promise it just takes a second and that will help more people find this podcast. Also, I'd love for you to join us in our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com slash the waiting warrior, click groups, and then the waiting warriors. Until next time, have an awesome day.